Hey there, this is Red Zone Redemption, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Roto Heat Network. Make sure you follow us on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. And this is your host, FF Shane B. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Red Zone Redemption. I'm your host for the night, Shane, and you. I am joined by my good friend and rotating guest here, Mr. Nate Polvote. Nate, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm great, sir. I'm here to talk some football, baby. Yeah, and I'm just, it's been a while since we've seen each other, so I'm happy to see you. It hasn't been that long. Weren't you on with you like a month ago? Yeah, and you were probably on... No, you were on like I, probably a month ago, and then Jen and you were on probably a month before that. Oh, we did the season preview. That's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, it's been about a month. Yeah, that's I right. was due. You were. All right. Nate, we're going to do what we always do, which is one fantasy tip that can save your season, waivers, starts and sits, and trades. And we will start off with one fantasy tip that can save your season. I don't actually have one, but I have a joke, so I'm going to throw it in here. Don't listen to Nate because we played each other in three different leagues and I went three and oh on him. So he sucks. You know, what's funny is I played 26 leagues and I won in 15 of 26 this week. Three yeah. of my losses were against you. I went head to head against Michael Bauer from Dynasty Rewind. Yep. I went one and on. one. Those are both Debbie leagues, too. Oh, solid. Right. Oh, was that I am- open to suggestion? Yes, he beat right. me and opened a suggestion. Okay. But then I'm in the Debbie Royale Listener League as well. Okay. And I played him and I destroyed him because I had beat everyone that I have played except John McLean. I only played him once. I am six and one now. Solid. Which I'm very proud of. I'm six and one in my home league too, nice. barring something weird Dude, tonight. So. I don't know what happened in, in your home league. I went from leading the league in scoring to week two to five straight losses. Okay, that IDP league is a really difficult league, and it's also like half-seasoned IDP people, half this is the first IDP league they've ever been in, and the first dynasty league they've ever been in. Yeah, and I, so, I just, I'm awful. I don't understand what happened. But oh, I'm two and four. So hey, me too. I'm about to be two <laughs> and five because Brad is me destroying <laughs> me. So there you go. Yeah. Well, Brad has a super team. All right, that's enough about our our teams and leagues together. Do you have a tip that at this point can save people's fantasy season? Yeah, don't be afraid to stream a position. If you didn't get Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, and if you read anything that I write, you know how much I love to stream tight ends. But if you didn't get Kelsey or Andrews, you should be streaming tight ends every week because no one is super reliable. You're not starting Gerald Everett in a bad matchup. He's not that type of tight end. You're looking for guys like my call this week, which almost snuck into tight end one tier. Jordan Akins in Houston. It was just an odd opportunity call. And my co-host of the in-between fantasy football show on Fridays, Seth Wilcock, my good buddy, begged me not to go with Jordan Akins as my sleeper (laughs) started the week. Begged me not to do it. I told him the night before and he begged me. He was like, dude, you have time to change it. You don't have to go with this. Cause we also publish an article with these sleepers as well. Yeah. And he begged me not to do it. I was like, and then the next morning he's like, dude, there's still time. I'm not publishing the article until like 1130, you know, you can do it, whatever. <laughs> I, might have to <laughs> it. 
I can wait to publish it until after the show. Jordan Akins had 9.8 fantasy points. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, it was really strange. I would also like to toot my own horn when it comes to tight ends because I have been nailing the sit of the week for tight ends. And last week I said to sit Zach Ertz, who in whatever league I'm looking at, finished as tight end 23 with only seven and a half points. So I absolutely nailed that. And we'll talk about that more later in the show when we get to starts and sits, because there's a reason for that. I love it. All right. You ready to do some waivers? Of course. Always. It's all right. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 So let's start with yours. I'm very intrigued by this because this player has received a lot of hype over the last three years but has never really been able to stay healthy. So I'm very intrigued to hear your case as to why you think you should spend this much fab on him. So my pick's Paris Campbell. And I have never been a big Paris Campbell believer. I've always been in the Michael Pittman camp in this offense. For whatever reason, it's just kind of where I sat with it. But something changed two weeks ago in this offense. And for anyone listening, Paris Campbell is only 2.8% rostered on ESPN right now, a little bit higher on sleeper. I think he's creeping into the like 20% somewhere around there, but this is interesting. I did some digging on him today. So first of all, Indy's throwing the ball at a ridiculous clip. The last two weeks, it's been over 70%, 73% in week six, 72% in week seven. They're just not using Jonathan Taylor or their running backs that much. They're asking, they're asking their quarterback to carry the load. Now, yes, they're switching to Sam Ailinger this week, but there's no reason to believe that's going to change. They're benching Matt Ryan because they want to try Sam Ailinger, not because he's hurt necessarily. Two weeks ago, Paris Campbell got moved to more slot work. Interesting. Significant more slot work. Like we're talking 15 more snaps in the slot than he was getting previously. So he goes out and does that. He has season highs and targets the next two weeks, season highs and snap share the next two weeks, 98 and 100. All of a sudden, this dude is being used out of the slot. I think Reich found his happy place with Paris Campbell, where he needed Campbell to be in this offense to be successful. Paris Campbell was the wide receiver nine in week six, was the wide receiver five in week seven. Wow. And there's no reason to believe this is going to quit. This is going to end because Michael Pittman has been in those games. Yeah. In week six, Michael Pittman had like 17 targets. But yeah. this team has thrown the ball so much, partially because, I mean, you've got to imagine it's just behind all the time. Yeah. So, of course. But, dude, like, he had 23 PPR points last week. Yeah. And we've always known that he's talented. He's just never been on the field consistently yeah. enough. It and now here we are. He's on the field consistently. Frank Reich likes him. I think that Ellinger's probably going to throw him the ball. Same clip that Ryan was throwing it. They're going to keep this up because they're going to consistently be behind teams. And Jonathan Taylor is, let's be honest, he's underperformed. Yeah. I love this call. Well, I like yours because I actually came in here thinking I was going to talk about Gus Edwards, but then you took him from me. Yeah, sorry. I took Gus Edwards. I really, really like Gus Edwards. 
especially with what he did yesterday and with Dobbins being out for four to six weeks. So I actually tweeted a fun little stat that I just absolutely love last night. Um, in Gus Edwards' three healthy seasons with the Ravens, he's gotten around 140 carries each year. Do you know how many carries he had yesterday? I do, because I actually wrote about it earlier. 16. 16 carries. Do you know how many games are left for the Baltimore Ravens? Eight. Ten. Ten. So he is on pace for his 140 carries. He's actually ahead of pace for his 140 carries. I think he's a great waiver pickup because you saw him get the bulk of the workload with Dobbins out. Kenyon Drake, I don't know what happened, but kind of disappeared off the face of the planet. And this team is going to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to run the ball as much as they did yesterday because it was a season high for rushing attempts and a season low for passing attempts. But I still think that gives you somewhere around 10 to 15 carries for Gus Edwards each week. And he's decently efficient with that 10 to 15 carries and has always been a solid flex play. And that's the thing that you just hit on. He's efficient. Yeah. He's, and he's more efficient than Kenyon Drake. Everybody thought it was going to be Kenyon Drake. I didn't even mm-hmm. factor in Gus Edwards because he's coming off the injury. We generally see people come back slow on that injury. But now, like, Dobbins is going to IR. His snaps were cut in exact half. He went 34 in week six to 17 in week seven. So. I'm trying to find it. There is a league that I literally had to start Gus Edwards because I did not have another option, and it worked. <laughs> Congratulations. <Wow. laughs> like, I literally pulled him off the pup and IR on my roster and put him in my starting lineup. Yeah, it was this one. And I'm going to be 7-0 and in that league because of it. So, jeez. Oh, I, yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of sheer dumb luck, but it worked that, out. Dude, so. That's 50% of playing this fantastic game. Yeah. Now, I think we should move on to the Carolina tier. I'm gonna Let's call do it. it. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm going to start with mine. I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman. Yeah. And here's why. Because I think he's the guy that's going to start to see more goal line work because he's more of the bruiser back. But we also saw him break off some of those chunk plays. Well, Sunday. he had more carries and more yards. Dude, this Carolina team is different. They're completely different. You've got Steve Wilkes. He, dude, they shut Tom Brady out. He did not score a touchdown. Make me so happy. Now, part of that, I really do truly believe, is that Tom Brady is done. Really? We are seeing, no, we're watching, this is the Peyton Manning fade here, but worse, because Tom Brady is refusing to go to the bench and let the younger guy lead a team to the playoffs. Not that they have a, they don't have a Brock Osweiler on this team. They can go get Bailey Zappi. They might have to go get Mac Jones. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I put on the show sheet before Nate got here, Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, and Michael Carter, and uh, just kind of was like, hey, you pick one and I'll take whoever's left. And I ended up, I'm going to go with Chuba Hubbard here for my pick. I think Deontay Foreman is the right pick for this tier because a lot of people are going to think, oh, hey, Chuba, I need to go get Chuba Hubbard. Blackshear got some looks. No, Deontay Foreman is the guy. He had the higher snap share. He had the higher number of carries. He had the higher number of yards, higher amount of yards. Go get Deontay Foreman. If you lose out on Deontay Foreman, go get Chuba Hubbard. 
because what Chuba Hubbard has is something that not many people in the NFL have, and it is legitimate track speed. So he has the potential to blow up any game because he can but take it, it to the house like that. But he he's just got to hold on to the ball. That's the problem. He's not going to get the, the reason that I'm higher on forward than Chuba is because I think forward can catch the ball. Yeah. And it looks they're riding PJ Walker the rest of the season. So I just see more. I see more upside, but I could be wrong. No, I. So this one, this backfield could go either way. I'm Foreman. No, I I'm. I'm. If you got a black shear, we don't know. I doubt that. But after I after the Broncos cut Marlon Mack, they'll sign him. Or if the 49ers cut Jeff Wilson because CMC's there. That was a really bad Oh, they will cut Jeff Wilson. There's no I way. Okay. Legend. I need uh, you to tell me about your dart throw. Yeah. So I do actually kind of like this. Yeah. So I'm, as you all know, I am a Notre Dame fan and have had a, a little bit of a man crush, if you will, on Chase Claypool. Now, he's rostered a lot higher than what I normally give you people. He's rostered 70% in Sleeper leagues, 74.1% ESPN, and 61% in Yahoo. But the reason that I really like Chase Claypool is kind of your dart throw to see if he is available is because in the last two games, he's actually last three games, he's combined for, now i got to do math, shit, 24 total targets. In the last three games, that's averaging eight targets a game. That's really big for him. And then in week six against Tampa, he had 96 yards and a touchdown, and he had a he had one carry. So what I'm really liking so far with him being involved in this picket led offense is he's seeming to get more run than he had, and they're starting to use him. I think more creatively, like they did in his rookie year when he blew the F up. So well, you saw him lining up almost in like some tight end formations yesterday. Yep. He was lining up all over the place. Dude. Okay. I just I've seen some Kenny Pickett hate today and I'm including my own. Including your own. And I'm just gonna tell you. So first of all, none of you can see this, but it's funny. So I'm gonna tell you when you come into the studio to record this, you have to pick a studio name. And my name tonight is Can You in quotation marks. Pickett. Pickett. I really like what I saw out of Kenny Pickett last night and this Pittsburgh offense. There was grit there. Kenny Pickett I'll give you did that. not say die. He drove them down the field. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They didn't get, they didn't convert on fourth down. They turned the ball over. Their defense held, gave the ball back to the offense. And if Pickett had made the veteran play, which this is his third game in the league, fourth game, third game in the league. I'll give you that. The veteran picks up that first down. Yeah, running. Yep. Kenny Pickett will be the veteran guy who does that. I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, but they don't need him to be. There are a lot of weapons on this team. If they can just make that offensive line work a little bit better, which I think they could do with the pieces they have, I think this is an actually at the end of the season, we're saying like, wow, nice job, Mike. Well done. Well done, Mr. Tomlin. You actually figured it out. You put it together because he is like... Mike Tomlin's a phenomenal coach. If there's any coach that I think could do this that's not named Bill Belichick, it's Mike Tomlin. Well, I'm so I wrote a 
dynasty player profile on Chase Claypool for the Fantasy Prince Draft Kit this year. Yeah. And I said in that that this was a make it or break it season for Claypool. He had to show something to this front office if he was going to stick around. And he's, I think with Pickett, Pickett changes this offense. It changes, he changes the identity of this offense because now they can do things down the field they couldn't do with Mitchell Trubisky and they yeah. haven't been able to do with Ben Ross, Roethlisberger the last couple of seasons. I will also give you that. So Chase Claypool is someone, I love this call. Thank you. And you're right. Like where he is available, nobody's looking at him. That's why he's available. Exactly. So I'm going to shout out. That's going to change. I agree. I'm going to shout out our, our pal, Dave Kluge. He, uh, he sent out a great tweet in the off season saying that you should draft trade Clay, Clay Chapel. Shout out to my friends, Eric Johnson and Caleb Mitchell from the fantasy Fran. But, Kluge was saying that Claypool's being drafted as wide receiver 50. Right now, Claypool's sitting at wide receiver 41. So he's already provided you that value. Now if you can go get him off of waivers where he's actually getting targeted and getting used, I think he's definitely worth the dart throw. And he's six foot four and super fast, so he's always got the potential to blow up. So, all right, who is your waiver wire per or your dart throw? And I actually love this call, by the way. So if, if you read anything I write or you listen to anything that I produce, if you follow Pro- Player Profiler on TikTok, you know that I am just over the moon for Taekwon Thornton in New England. It seems silly, but I don't care. I love him. And he's, okay, on Sleeper 22% roster, which Head on over to ESPN. If you're in an ESPN league, he is less than 5% rostered right now. And this time is about to be a major part of the New England offense. Now, the Chicago game tonight, very sloppy. And we'll see what the outcome of this game is for Type 1 Thornton. He's got one. Look, they put Zappy in. So that may, I don't know if you've updated your. I don't have the game on right now, which is. Well, I can't see it. That's what you get for. I'm going to look at sleeper. Agreeing to be on a show with you during the game. Yeah, he still only has one target. Okay, so Tyquan Thornton has one target tonight. But don't let that deter you. That actually is probably a good thing if you're trying to acquire him because he may just keep clearing waivers and he's just a free agent in your league. 57% snap share, five targets, four catches and a touchdown. Plus, he had three carries for 13 yards. And a touchdown against Cleveland last week in week six. Yes, he did. We have the one target this week, but he's that type of player. He's like the Wes Welker, Julian Edelman part of an offense. Now, I'm not saying that he is that caliber of player. I'm not comparing their skill set necessarily. I'm comparing the role that they play in the offense. He's that underneath guy. He's that underneath slant, those underneath drag plays. But he can also also got the speed to take off the top off the defense, right? That's the difference, is that he can take the top off the defense. He can he can look like he's running a drag or a seam and then blow through the secondary and be open in four seconds, three yeah. seconds. Like, he's a guy that can get down the field. This is a guy, Bill Belichick drafted him in the second round for a reason. Now, here's a guy. Now, here's a guy that is going to see usage increase. He's healthy, finally. 
She had a really good rapport with Matt Jones in camp, but then we saw what he did with Bailey Zappi the last two weeks. Yup. So, I mean, he was he had three targets, two catches, only seven yards against Detroit in week five. That's not impressive. But it was his first game in the NFL. Yeah. In fact, in the second game of the NFL, he went off for twenty-one PPR points. Like, yeah, dude, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So yeah, Tyquan Thornton's my guy. I think he's. I don't think it's really a dart throw. I just think people are paying attention. And to I mean, be fair, if you don't sit around doing this shit all day like we do, why yeah. still like I get it? I, I used to be there. I'm very fortunate that I get to just stare at a screen all day. I literally just was on Pro Football Focus for three and a half hours this morning, just looking oh, at the stats. That's why I'm wearing glasses tonight. I'm tired. All right, let's jump into some starts and sits. You ready? Yeah, always. Okay, I'm going to go first because I need to get this out. I need to get this off my chest. It hurts my heart deep down for my favorite player right now, but it makes me happy for my favorite team right now. Start PJ Walker. This His first start, and it was meh, but it was the freaking Rams, and he got hurt. Second start, Tampa Bay, he looked awesome. And they beat the freaking Buccaneers. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if you people realize, the Buccaneers were second against the run in fantasy, against fantasy running backs. Because of what Carolina did to them, they are now seventh against fantasy running backs. So they literally fell down five spots because of that's how many fantasy points the Panthers put on them from a running back standpoint. But we're not talking running backs. We're talking quarterbacks. And now they're playing Atlanta, and Atlanta is not good. They're not good. They shouldn't be good. They weren't supposed to be good. And I think they're maybe three and three, three and four. I'm shitting on them probably a little too hard, but I don't like them. So the Panthers play them. Their secondary is bad. P.J. Walkers look good. And the offense looks so much better. And yes, I know that hurts my heart because of you guys know I'm a Baker truther, but he might be done. And PJ Walker is what's best for this team right now. So you need to start him this week with cake matchup. Well, I think the thing with Baker, because I am like you, Shane, a Baker Mayfield stand. The thing with Baker is, dude, he got basically thrown around like a freaking pinball. I'm sore. So I'm somebody in Cleveland. And the dude never had a, he just, he was just one of those guys and he never had a chance. And I think that if he, if his career arc is what I think it's going to be, is that he's going to kind of kick around as a backup for the next like three or four seasons. Probably yeah. not getting a lot of work, but he's going to get to work out. He's going to get to get in good shape. This could be a guy we see in four or five seasons, catch on with the team, starter goes down, Baker Mayfield takes over week four, week five, and he's going to go playoff. We're like, that's the Baker Mayfield we thought we were going to get. A hundred percent agree with you. And he may not ever be a full-time starter, but this could be like a Case Keenum situation where it's like, the guy got beat up, funny enough, in Cleveland <laughs> early yeah. in his career. Right. So, well, I'm, it's funny that you say that because like his third year was the first year that Stefanski was the head coach and they had a good O-line. They had a good team, got hurt, and he didn't have to focus on trying to feed Odell the, the ball. And they made the playoffs, and they beat the Steelers in the playoffs. And then year four comes around, and he gets hurt in week two. And I don't think people realize or give him enough credit for him playing through the injury as much as he did or how hurt he was. And 
I was hoping that this year he was going to come back. The Panthers O-line was going to be better than I thought they were, and they were hot. They've been hot garbage. Until um, yesterday. Yeah. Here's and, the thing. Uh, we didn't know how bad Matt Rule was. Matt Rule was awful. He might be one of the worst people to ever coach in the NFL. I completely like, agree with that. He, he's up there with well, like Irv well, you know, Do you know what, what sucks about that, though, Nate? And some people will be like, well, maybe Baker is the common denominator. No, like if you go look at the teams, it's not just the quarterback play that's been bad. But Baker's been coached by Freddie Kitchens and Matt Rule. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to see succeed with well, that? And then and I'm going to have to go edit that fuck out, but I don't care at this point. Oh, whatever. So, here, can I, interesting, one of the things I found on PFF this morning when I was doing research, I went in and I looked at quarterback grades for the week. You know who's the highest graded quarterback on PFF? P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. Let's go. 94. He had a 94 grade. 94 offensive grades a quarterback. Next closest second was Joe Burr at 90.5. Then it dips all the way to 81.4 for Patrick Mahomes. You know who's number four? Is it your player? It's Andy Dalton. Really? Andy Dalton was good. I There's a league that has some weird scoring, but I got like 45 points out on this week in that league. Nice. You Dude, guys, I- Andy Dalton's one of those guys that he's like, just reference Case Keenum. Guy is never going to be a full time starter since you need him to come in week four or week five and finish out a season. Like Frank Reich, that was his specialty. Never yeah. a full time starter, but the guy could finish if he needed him to. Yeah. All right. Who's your start of the week for quarterback? Y'all ready for this? It's Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is up against Indy this week. He looked really good against what we know is a very good Pittsburgh, or Pittsburgh Green Bay defense. Now, he had his best game last season against Green Bay. But he made Terry McLaurin look like the phenomenal wide receiver we all know he can be. Yep. Antonio Gibson looked good. Curtis Samuel looked good. Their defense looked much improved because they weren't asked to do as much because Taylor Heineke kept the offense on the field, Shane. something you know Carson who's going to win silly good this week? With Taylor Heineke, if he's healthy. Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson. I don't think Jahan Dotson plays this week. Uh, I hope he does. I really need, I need him to. But real short, real sweet. I know you don't like it, but Taylor Heineke should have been the starter on this team for week one. I don't mind that take at all. I, I think Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz at the end of the season. I had seen enough out of Heineke and seen enough growth out of this kid that I thought he could be the full-time starter this season. Yeah. Carson Wentz is a shitty quarterback, guys. He can throw bombs, and I will give him that. His decision-making is incredibly poor, and it's kind of surprising that he doesn't have more interceptions, but a lot of that is because he doesn't really throw an accurate ball, so the defensive backs can't get to it. <laughs> okay. So, so now to with Wentz, sorry, I like to shit on Wentz whenever I can. But sure. the only thing with Wentz is that, like, if he's not in a clean pocket, I feel like his mechanics go to absolute dog shit. Like, they are going, like, his feet are bad, his hips are bad. Like, it's bad if he is not in a clean pocket with his feet set. Yep. Well, 100% agree. So, all right. 
I love that our sits are the two players that they are. Let's go a little quickly on these. I'm going Aaron Rodgers with Buffalo for my quarterback sit of the week. Green Bay's offense has been doo-doo, and Buffalo's defense has been the opposite of doo-doo. They've been like fireworks. So sit Aaron Rodgers this week. 100% agree. My sit is the other old man in the league. He's still yeah. a starter. Mr. Tom Brady versus it doesn't matter. You just can't. He's bad. He doesn't have the arm strength he had when he was younger. He's making poor decisions. He's distracted. Don't. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. And that's all. Yeah. And I think they are playing Baltimore, just so you know who he's playing. I and don't care. I think Baltimore is... I don't know. I think they're good. So They could be playing Prairie View A&M, the Division Three Texas school. <laughs> that didn't have a program for 30 years. Come on now, mate. <laughs> That's bad more. No, dude. I bet you Jackson can sack Tom Brady. That's hilarious. All right, let's move on to our must-start running backs. I'm going to let you go first here. Hit us with your must-start running back this week. So I'm going Damian Pierce against Tennessee. I it, This is very simple. This is a team that's struggling. They need to run the ball more. Lovey Smith knows they need to run the ball more. So they've been running the ball more. Damian Pierce is just a guy on volley below, and you want to start him. Well, and, and pretty much every week he has RB1 potential. Yeah. And their offensive line isn't as bad as the Steelers, so he can actually get some blocks. So, yeah. Great call. I like I'm going seven Singletary against Green Bay. Green Bay has historically for at least the last five years that I can remember, been not great against the run. I don't know what it is. They can't ever stop the run. I think if I remember correctly from looking at it on Sleeper, they're 24th against fantasy running backs this year. And Devin Singletary has been, like we were talking about pre-show, Nate, consistent and effective. Mm -hmm. The Bills don't really need to trade for a running back, in my opinion. They've got what they need in Devin Singletary. And I think as James Cook comes along he'll be able to kind of compliment him well, and then Zach Moss can just sit on the bench and keep it warm for them. But Devin Singletary is my start of the week this week. He's got a good matchup in Green Bay, and I think he's going to blow up. I love that. I like Singletary, and we saw Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson did against the Green Bay defense, so I'm all on board. I'm also oddly all on board with your sit. <laughs> so we talked about him as a waiver pickup. I am sitting Gus Edwards this week. So I know we talked about how Carolina dropped Tampa's rush defense ranking from second to seventh. They're still a top 10 rush defense. And I think if they're going to somehow make the playoffs, the Bucks defense is going to have to step up. And their defensive line is nasty. It is. And I, I think the Ravens, at least running backs, are going to struggle this week to get open. Buccaneers are also more susceptible to the pass. So I'm sitting Gus Edwards this week, especially if I'm having to start him in place of an injured JK Dobbins or someone else that went down. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, this is, you want to roster him, but you just don't want to start him this week. Yep. <laughs> Basically. But that happens. It's part of fantasy football. So for my set, I'm just going to be real brief about this. Cause this is a pretty easy thing for me to say. Is any Denver running back? They just signed Marlon Matt, guys. They have no clue what they're doing. This is a coaching problem. It's very clear at this point. Dude, 
Nathaniel Hackett just is bad, and I don't think I don't think he survives the bye. You can't really you can't start really? anything. So yeah, I don't think he survives the bye. <laughs> Dude, the Walters just paid the most that has ever been paid for an NFL franchise for the Denver Broncos. The coach was pretty much already set in stone by the time they took over ownership. This isn't their coaching room. Yeah. I guess they did green light the Russ Wilson thing, but I think Russell Wilson's a lot better with a better coach. I agree. This team's just, this team's just in disarray, but that aside, just don't start any Denver running backs. And this is evergreen content, folks. This goes <laughs> for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. All right, let's jump into wide receivers. We're going to flip it and go sits first, as we usually do. And I will start with my sit, and that is Tyler Lockett. Now, yes, DK Metcalf went down, so Tyler Lockett's volume will likely go up. But what I also see likely happening is them relying on Ken Walker in the running game and potentially getting their tight ends more involved, which will just be frustrating from a fantasy perspective because it'll be Colby Parkinson. It'll be Will Disley. I don't even know who there, who is behind Lockett on the depth chart from a wide receiver standpoint. But if I'm the New York Giants... I am putting eight in the box and double covering Tyler Lockett and saying, Geno Smith, you're going to have to beat me another way. And I don't know if they have the talent without DK to do that. Okay. I wrote about Marquise Goodwin earlier. Okay. I, like, I think Lockett steps into that wide receiver one role with DK Metcalf. And I think Marquise Goodwin steps into that Tyler Lockett type role. It was okay. that's what his snaps kind of showed. Yeah, this week. However, I'm with you on this because the Giants have been very good. This defense is, was massively underrated coming into the season. I and Chino Smith is starting to show a little bit of wear. Like I think it's kind yeah. of weird on him, and maybe he's coming back down to earth. This is a week to sit Tyler Lockett if you can and see what happens against the Giants and see if he is every week start if you could afford to. I completely agree. Yep, I'm with you there. And so would your sit. So, again, this is evergreen content. Any wide receiver who's going up against Patrick Sertain in Denver. I know Denver's losing, but Denver also isn't giving up any points. The defense is in the top. Of defense is phenomenal. Fantasy, they're in the top of most fantasy points allowed categories right now. Christian Kirk is going up against Patrick Sertain this week. You can't start. Do you think it'll be Kirk because Kirk's been playing in the slot mostly? doesn't matter. They've been moving Sertain around to the wide receiver one, so. He'll just blanket. And if he's not blanketing him, then we're going to be seeing some like zone schemes where he's shadowing him. Got it. They're not going to, they're not going to leave Kirk uncovered for Lawrence, just pepper. Like yeah. they're going to make him go to Marvin Jones and make him go to Evan Ingram, which they have linebackers more than capable of covering. So I'm off Christian Kirk this week. I no, love your, I want to hear your start because I'm a little curious, but I think it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So my start is Brandon Cooks. Like we talked about earlier. Tennessee has not been great on defense. Now, don't get me wrong. I love their rookie cornerback. I'm only slightly biased because he went to Auburn, but it's Roger McCreary. I think that kid will be phenomenal for years to come. But I think Brandon Cooks will just have, like, uh, they're 26, I think, against fantasy wide receivers. I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a good game, solid game. I'll probably end up being, I think, flex value at, as a floor and wide receiver two upside. So I'm starting Brandon cooks comfortably this week. 
I'm with you on that. I, Davis Mills is a better quarterback than he gets credit for. The, I agree. This, the offensive line isn't phenomenal. It's not as good as I even I thought it was going to be with the additions, and I wasn't super high on them. But Cooks, I they've got to start leaning on him more. Yeah, they just have to. And well, and Nico I, Collins got hurt. Yeah, I don't so know I, how I, severe it was, but. I don't know. I would have to look into that. But yeah, I'm with you. I think that's a good start. Yeah, which is, it's, it probably sounds slightly hypocritical with Lockett being like the guy with the injured person, but Brandon Cooks has always been the guy in this offense and the secondary target has never been a Tyler Lockett level guy or a DK Metcalf level guy. I think with Houston, the two guys that they have are Chris Moore and oh shoot, who is the other guy? He's a savvy vet. He's been around for forever. Oh, Philip hold on, Dorsett. I can tell you. Yes, Philip Dorsett. Thank you. He had the touchdown catch. Yeah. So I think both of those guys are savvy enough to fill in, but they're not going to match necessarily the talent level or the production of a Nico Collins singly, singularly. But together, I think they can. And Brandon Cooks is just that good. Like. He's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I'm with you. I love. Oh, I, I don't know if you can call him underrated though, because I mean we've been talking about how quarterback proof he is for a couple of seasons now. But I'm either way. I like the call. I'm gonna. My start is someone I, I told everyone to stay so far away from in drafts in August. Okay. And I was right, but the situation has changed. And I think you have to start DJ Moore against Atlanta this week. <laughs> They're terrible against wide receivers, worst in the league in fantasy points allowed. They're giving up an average of 38.4 points to the receiver every week. And we've had down weeks where teams didn't have to throw the ball on them. So that tells you something that they've been giving up some big games to better receivers. PJ Walker unlocked DJ Moore last week, seven catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. His best game in the season. I just. Carolina has something to prove. I kind of feel like Steve Wilkes is playing for, like, hire me. If I can turn yeah. the team around and start winning, give me the job, which they'd be silly not to if he doesn't. This is a way but they can hammer Atlanta. Yeah, well, and t- to all of that point, one, Steve Wilkes' one year as a head coach was in Arizona, and it was just turmoil-filled was- with... Yeah, I like, I don't feel like it was... He really got a, sh- a shot, you know. They were in a rebuild, and then they decided to go completely flip it, go get Cliff Kingsbury and, and Kylie Murray. And how's that working out for you? But to the DJ Moore point, he's really, I won't say unlocked, but they figured out, hey, we should probably get this bo- guy the ball really for the last four weeks. Like, his targets have seemed to increase from a week-over-week basis. He got involved in the rushing game. His catches are improving. Everything seems to be improving over the last four weeks, even though like four weeks ago, Baker was still a starter and it looked atrocious, but he's getting there. He's getting to what we thought he could be if Baker had actually played up to his potential, but now PJ Walker is, so we're cool. So I love that call. All right, you ready for tight end? I am. I I want you to go first. I know you don't have anything technically on the show sheet here, but I want you to go first because I have a very like mine's kind of bold, but I have a very good explanation for it. So 
he's the he's oddly the more rostered Cleveland tight end. And we're looking at David and Joku being out for a handful of weeks. And I've seen some people saying, Go get Harrison Bryant, start Harrison Bryant. David and Joku's out. It's Harrison Bryant's time. It is not Harrison Bryant's time ever. The only reason David and Joku became a tight end thing in Cleveland is because he's a really good tight end. Harrison Bryant isn't that guy. He's not someone you can ever start. But definitely don't go out and get him if you were a David and Joku manager and start him this week. That's all. Hey, now. I don't appreciate that because I like Harrison Bryant. I do too, but he's just not, he's just not, he's not David and Joku. That's fair. Okay, are you ready for the boldest take I've dropped on this show so far? I'm ready. If Darren Waller is healthy, you need to sit him this week. If he is not, and Foster Moreau is the starting tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders, you need to sit him this week. Because they are playing the Saints. And I don't know what mumbo-jumbo, Louisiana, Cajun bullshit the Saints are on this year. But they are not la- allowing tight ends to score this year. That is why I said last week to Sid Zach Ertz. Because if you go back and look at every single week, they are one of the top defenses against the tight end position. And at first, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, they hadn't played anybody. They played Kyle Pitts in week one. Now, Kyle Pitts is an anomaly this year. But then they've started to play some more talented guys like Zach Ertz in situations where he's getting targeted within the offense, and they still held him. So you need to sit whoever is starting at tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders this week, and I think that includes Darren Waller. It does, and it includes Foster Moreau any week that Darren Waller's not in. I'm just, I'm with you. I'm going to move over to my start, start because same game. For us, yes, for us, yeah. tight ends. I'm going with Herb Smith this week. We've seen decent usage out of him. If you're streaming tight ends, which you should be, as I alluded to earlier, said earlier, Arizona is the worst team in the league against tight ends. Seattle is technically the worst, but there was that anomaly game where Taysom Hill went absolutely insane against Seattle. Do they you remember back to the mean in 2020 when they were also the worst team against tight ends? I do. It was. The weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's why Tyler Higby's name is like forever written in fantasy football lore because he literally played the Cardinals twice and they couldn't guard a tight end. Like, I seriously think in that year they could have put the entire team guarding the tight end and he still would have caught something. Yep. Oh, no, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yours on the opposite side. Why is it Trey McBride, Shane? It's not Trey McBride. It is Zach Ertz. I do love Trey McBride from a dynasty perspective, though, and it's because he's getting to learn from this guy, Zach Ertz. Ertz obviously had a bad matchup this past week against the Saints. We just talked about that. But the Vikings, I think, are 22nd against tight ends, so it's a good matchup. He's produced all year long consistently. Again, Hollywood Brown we know is out. Hot Nuke is back, but then after Nuke, we need that consistent production from Ertz, I think, for the other weapons in this offense to really reach their full potential. And so I think Ertz is going to have a big game and uh, unlock the rest of the offense for Kyler and uh, the Cardinals. Hey, I can't argue with this. Call of Duty came out last week, not this week. So I think Kyler's actually to play it. 
He's actually good. totally studying. Yeah. So yeah, this is a good call. I think Ertz is a start every week, personally. Yeah. I, I wasn't too bold of a take. I couldn't think of anybody else, though. So that's all right. All right, let's jump to defenses, and I'll go first. Carolina versus Atlanta. Atlanta's best two players are Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Carolina's defense is young. They're athletic, and they're motivated with a defensive head coach. I think this is a great week to start them. If you're streaming defenses, if you're playing DFS, I would be very comfortable going with the Panthers, especially because Atlanta, I don't feel like, has looked great offensively all year, but really the last couple of weeks. I'm with you on that. <clears throat> I really like this Carolina turnaround. I'm a big fan. I'm going to go the other way with it, and I'm going to tell you to start Jacksonville's defense against the Denver Broncos this week because really any defense that plays Denver, you should be streaming every week if they're available in your league. Well, and is uh, do we know if Russ is playing yet? Probably not because it's so early in the week. But Does it matter? Is it, Nathaniel Hackett still the coach? That's a fair point. Okay. Point made. All right, let's go to our sits. This makes me so happy. Sit the Cleveland... Ca- I almost said Cleveland Cavaliers. We're not in basketball, Shane. Sit the Cleveland Browns because they're playing Cincinnati. Cincinnati has found the uh, their Infinity Stones, and Burrow is wearing his Infinity Gauntlet and is just, like, snapping on people. So start Cincinnati this week. Or not Cincinnati. Start. Do not start Cleveland. I can't talk, man. Sit Cleveland. Cincinnati's going to beat the absolute bejesus out of them. Well, this is the reverse of me telling you to start Jacksonville against Denver. Don't start a defense against Cincinnati. And furthermore, for my sit, you don't start a defense that's going against the Buffalo Bills. And this week, that's the Green Packers. I like that call a lot, actually. Really kind of let Taylor Heineke play well once he figured everything out after the first like quarter and a half and started to gel with that offense again. If, don't start Green Bay. That's probably a rest of season thing unless they put something together, but I like that call a lot, actually. All right. Let's move on to trading time. And <laughs> you son of a nutcracker. Let's go into buy highs first. And I want you to go first just because this guy literally just got traded for his NFL team. So I'm very intrigued to hear the case that you have for him. So I'm saying James Robinson is a buy high right now, and here's why. Because I think people are hot on him going to New York, and I think that's for good reason. You would have thought that Michael Carter was just going to step into the RB1 role with Brees Hall out. It just kind of made sense. We all, as a community of analysts, thought that before the draft, that Michael Carter was the guy. That is clearly not the case, and they're not going to roll with Ty Johnson. We know what Jim Robinson has been. He's only been capped because he was in a backfield with Travis Etienne, I really like James Robinson to be an RB1 rest of the season, Shane. And I know that might sound a little crazy, but he's free and pure by high. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all because of what the Jets have been succeeding with. So I like this a lot. I'm, I just needed to hear your explanation for it, and it makes perfect sense. So, yeah, my buy high is potentially the cause for his his trade to the Jets, other than the uh, the Brees Hall injury. That's Travis Etienne. Etienne has looked phenomenal over the last three or four weeks. His snap shares increased. His touches have increased. He finally, I think he's had 200-yard games back-to-back. He scored a touchdown this week. So I absolutely love Travis Etienne. I joke that the uh, the worst 
second birthday present that I got, I think. No, 25th birthday. Sorry, wrong birthday. Worst 25th birthday present that I got was Travis Etienne declaring to go back to school because I was like primed and ready to go draft him in my home league dynasty. And I had to wait a year. So that should tell you how I feel about Travis Etienne. He's a buy high because he just came off his best game. And I think that James Robinson just opens up his ceiling. Yeah, he does. I like this. It's a good call. I'm curious when you're going to think of my sell high. Because it's, I, it's I don't cl- know if it's a sell high. It is. There's a lot of juice. He's been getting some red zone work. He's been scoring touchdowns. People like him. That's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And go sell him. Maybe this is a sell high because this is the highest his value is going to be the rest of this season. Isaiah Pacheco's turn to get more involved in that offense, man. And Jared McKinnon is stealing a lot of work too. And rightfully so. He's been very good. This is a team that doesn't need CEH to be an RB1. He'll have boom weeks the rest of the season. But sell him now where people think he has an every week value before that every week value goes away and you can't get anything for him. You can sell him to me. I'll buy him from you because I love CEH. All right. Sounds like a deal, Shane. (laughs) All right. I'm going with my sell high now, and it is Aaron Jones. And it pains me to say that, but I just... I think you need to capitalize off the good week that he had. There's probably more of them to come, but this Green Bay team has just been so weird all year long that I would rather get out from under Aaron Jones and his... Because you can't sit Aaron Jones ever, I don't feel like, with where you drafted him or however, however you acquired him. You can't sit him. But you also can't trust him at this point to be the RB1 that you likely, or even RB2 that you likely drafted him for. So capitalize on the good week, sell him, and go get something else. Yeah, I'm with you on that. This Green Bay team is a mess, and it's not getting any better. Matt LaFleur is probably not the best coach for them, and Aaron Rodgers is washed, my friend. That's bold. We'll talk so, about that later. You're by low. I really like this a lot. Man, it feels dirty. But and this is strictly from a dynasty perspective, obviously. But go buy Brees Hall. Whoever now you may can you may want to wait like a week so the injury isn't as fresh, and whoever is the Brees Hall manager is maybe hurting a little more from actually seeing like what their team looks like without his points and production in the lineup. But go ahead and start sending those offers now for Brees Hall. He's not playing for an, a year. So in Dynasty, if you're a rebuilding team, go get him. If you've got the depth and can stash him, then do it. Because I, we've seen the talent. I was wrong. We've seen the talent on from him from a week-to-week basis. So 2023, he probably will not be fully back to what he's been. But then 2024, it's wheels up. So I like this. And what I really like about it is people are freaked out since an ACL tear but there was no damage to his MCL. There was a minor meniscus tear. This was best case scenario for Brees Hall's knee. I think he's probably back full speed starting the 2023 season. And people, people, people are scared because of Saquon Barkley, because they feel like that's the... J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. I get it. 
but Brees Hall is a different type of player, and I like it. I, funny enough, my buy low is another running back who tore their ACL a few weeks ago. It's Javante Williams in Denver, and here's why: because this team is about to build around him. Yeah, he'll be back. He probably won't. I, I think we see him week four, week five, probably week five next season. And then it's, I think it's kind of off to the races with Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon will be gone. We know that. They don't, maybe they go after another running back in the draft, like second, third, fourth round, maybe. But I think they, I don't even know if they have a second round pick. I think Javante Williams is a future of this franchise. I think they made a mistake getting Russell Wilson. I think they made a mistake hiring Nathaniel Hackett. When we walk into 2023, this is a different franchise. The Waldens yeah. have a lot of money. They're going to be built to win, and Javante Williams is going to be the cornerstone of that offense. So go get him now when people are scared off by the knee injury. Yeah, like, a bunch, like, like, the, a, like a bunch of idiots. Love that call. Even though I have not been the biggest Javante guy, I love this call. It's a great call. So for our sell lows, I love this, Shane. We're going back to the old man well. Yeah, we are. You go first. Tom Brady. Guys, get off. of If you can get a 2027 eighth round rookie pick for him. Just take it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Any smart, anybody who's playing dynasty format is smart enough to know when someone's career is over. I like it. I like it a lot. I sell low is similar. It's Matt Ryan. He's getting benched because of a shoulder injury. Now, I think he does actually have a level two shoulder separation is what I saw, but still I think the Colts are trying to see what they have in Sam Ellinger and figure out what they need to do for the future. And hopefully they don't go the route that they've gone for the last three seasons, which is signing a free agent quarterback. It's really freaking not working. I would sell Matt Ryan. If you have him right now, get anything you can for him and just wash that away. Also be okay with the fact that you're probably, it's probably going to end. And this goes for Tom Brady too. It's probably going to end with them getting dropped to waivers. Yeah. Unless your grandma is in your league and she's like, that man, Ryan sure is a nice boy. LOL. All right. That wraps up the show. Yeah. We did it in under an hour. Holy crap. This is the first time that has ever happened. Ladies and gentlemen, So Nate and I are going to thank you for being a part of this journey with us because normally we talk for seven hours. We're both very tired tonight. So there you go. So Nate, before we go, where can people find you? Just start listing them. We'll put it in a credit or credit roll, (laughs) kind of like Star Wars. My most important work, you can find it in between media. I'm also doing video content for player profiler at Underworld. I write a weekly for Fantasy Pros. I write a weekly for Trophy Stack. I've got a new project coming up. I can't talk about it until next week, but it, trust me, it's pretty cool. But most importantly, guys, make sure you're following at Red Zone Redemption on Twitter. Make sure you're following Shade at FFShadeB on Twitter. Like, subscribe to this podcast. Put us in your rotation. We give really good advice. And it's not just me. It's all of the rotating hosts that I love so much. Wow. You did my job for me, so I'm just going to say this is the Red Zone Redemption, where we help you make the fantasy moves to save your season. Cheers.